All right, there we go. I think it's working. Uh, let me know <laughs> if you can hear me. I, all my little di dials are going back and forth. It's my first live stream I've set up. Uh, welcome to Houston. We have a problem, the live version. Hello, America and the world. Um, I basically read some articles about uh, the repo market and how it's going bonkers. So I decided to do a little show about it. That part of the show will be brief. Uh, a lot of people want to ask me questions, so I will answer them if they if they uh, have so. Um, yeah, so like, subscribe, all that jazz. Uh, follow me on Twitter at the Wooston. Um, let's get to it. Uh, the repo market is something that people use, uh, or say the government uses to inter inject cash into the system. So. Think of it as a way of getting cash into the markets uh, with certain trickery. How they do it is the Federal Reserve prints money and then uh, uh, sends that money to banks and purchases back treasury bonds. And the banks sell treasury bonds, get cash, and then cash goes into the market that way because then the banks have cash to give people for mortgages, car purchases, um, you know, uh, a margin on their, on their borrowing. Um, and when we have that, uh, that cash goes in the market, everything's supposed to be well and good. Like it's a great way to inject cash in the market. What is happening is the banks are betting that treasury prices are going to drop because interest rates are going to go up. And what they're doing is, is they're asking to borrow treasuries from hedge funds. They take those treasuries, give the hedge funds a bunch of cash, and then they sell the treasuries to the, to the Fed and get cash for it. And they think, oh, within a day or two or a week, um, they will be able to find more treasuries on the open market, purchase those cheaper, and then give them back to the hedge funds from whom they borrowed. Well... That's kind of a reverse from what normally happens. What normally happens in the repo market is when uh, hedge funds need cash, they say, hey, bank, give me some money. And the bank's like, what do you got? And, tre and, the, and the hedge fund says, I've got a bunch of treasury bonds. Then the bank says, all right, I'll give you some cash with interest. Uh, you pay me interest and I'll take those treasury bonds off your hands for a day or a week or 30 days, usually a short term uh, solution. And the... The hedge fund uses that cash to do whatever deal they need to, they need to do, uh, make their money, and then they give the cash back to uh, the bank. The bank gives them their, their treasury bonds back. Well, this is a system that's happening right now where the, the banks are borrowing rather than the hedge funds borrowing. So the hedge funds are lending out to the banks, which is weird. And the banks are assuming that the treasury market's going to collapse and they can buy this stuff for cheap. But what we're finding is the feds have dumped, what was that yesterday, $450 billion into the repo market, uh, which is only $50 billion away from the cap that they're allowed to put in for this quantitative easing. And the Treasury Department hasn't put any bonds out. So there's no new bonds going into the market. And if there's no new bonds going into the market, uh, there's likely to be a squeeze on the bond market and these banks might get short squeezed on uh, these treasury bonds. They might not have enough available and the price might spike 
And so the banks made drain a whole bunch of their cash trying to pay back their loans to all these hedge funds. And it's a really weird place to be because the hedge funds themselves are pretty over leveraged, uh, trying to short everything in existence. And so a lot of them are running out of capital and they're getting squeezed by the banks. <laughs> they might get margin called by the banks. So I, I'm not sure how they're going to, to make this a wash in the end. Uh, we're looking at a really weird situation. If, if money stops going into the banks from the, from the Federal Reserve via this repo market, and the banks can't buy treasury bonds cheaper than what they sold them for, we might see a huge grind uh, to a halt of, of liquidity in the market as cash just kind of dries up. So as this, the MOAS happens with uh, uh, GME and AMC, and costs and Bed Bath and Beyond and all the all the others, uh, there might be a weird uh, uh, halt of cash, and the Federal Reserve may have to figure out a new way to inject cash into the market or get approval to, you know, remove that cap of the quantitative quantitative easing for the reverse repos. Um, I hope I explained that in a quick, succinct, five-minute way for everybody. Um, let's uh. Let's go to let's go to the phones. Um, let's see here. Oh man, you guys have already commented so much. How do I keep up with this? Um, okay, confirmation bias. Sure, why not? Uh, da, 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 da. Questions. Who has a question for me? Question is: Do I believe GameStop will merge with uh, SLGG? That's the uh, professional gaming network, uh, gaming company. Uh, I think it's really likely. It's a, you know. Those those two one one's got retail position and and is in multiple you know thousands of communities around America. The other wants to grow its audience. Uh, GameStop is all about games. I I don't doubt for a minute that GameStop would do a merger with SLGG or at least um, have some sort of working agreement. Uh, uh, whether you can set up tournaments in the storefronts and towns. Um, Kevin and I, last night with Atlantic uh, Market Capital, we talked about AMC doing some sort of deal of using one of those theaters for professional gaming nights and have, you know, kids from the, from the communities come in and play each other for money and you get all the refreshments right there. Why not? Uh, okay. SLGG merger with MoBrush Minecraft. Believe that Anne Hand could be CEO of GameStop. Ah, I think it's very possible. I mean, she's run some big companies. She ran McDonald's for a while. Uh, she seems to be a genius. And with her and Ryan Cohen and all the people they picked up from Amazon, I mean, I think they, they got the branding guy from Amazon is now at GameStop. So they're gonna they're turning this whole thing around, and they're they're it's a juggernaut now. They've got so much cash. They've got no debt. They have as much free marketing as you'll ever get with the squeezes that are happening. So. Yeah, John Hancock. I do think that uh, Anne Hand has a very good chance of becoming CEO of GameStop or whatever amalgamation they they form. Uh, okay. Love the breakdowns of GME and synthetic shares. Yeah, excellent. You're welcome. <laughs> okay, so what's up? What's up? So what's up? Uh, oh. And do I believe GameStop will offer a crypto dividend? Um, I talked about this last week with 
uh, Hunter Jackson, um, it was a brilliant move when Overstock did it. They basically got rid of all of the naked short selling that was happening because think about this. If you short a stock, you create a synthetic share. If you're borrowing it from a from a, a fund, mutual fund, ETF, whatever, if a dividend is awarded, a cash dividend is awarded, you must, out of your own pocket, pay that dividend to whoever you borrowed from, right? Well, if you borrow 9 million shares of a stock from uh, BlackRock and that stock issues a dollar dividend, you owe $9 million out of pocket to BlackRock while, or you have to go get the shares and give them back so that BlackRock could be awarded the dividend, excuse me, awarded the dividend. This works for if they naked short. If they naked short a stock, they, you know, market maker like Citadel just invents a stock out of thin air and puts it out there to be sold. Citadel then has to reach in their pocket and pay out the dividend that's awarded for that quarter. Now, if you are absolutely diabolical and you want to make sure no one's shorting you anymore, you instead create a crypto coin, a cryptocurrency that only you have as a company, and you issue that as a dividend. And I see a couple of ways of doing this. You either issue exactly as much as there are outstanding shares. So in GameStop's case, that's uh, 73 million shares. And you issue one, say one digital currency for every single solitary share. Well, the hedge funds that have gone short on this, they can't reach to their pocket and pull out this cryptocurrency that's unique to GameStop. They can't invent one. So they have to either A, buy back all the shares and return them, or B, somehow buy all the cryptocurrency. And you know the cryptocurrency isn't on any exchange, so there's no way for them to do that. So, so you can force one hell of a squeeze by issuing a unique cryptocurrency for GameStop. And if, if GameStop's even more diabolical, what they'll do is they'll probably issue hundreds of millions, billions of them. And then only give out one for each share the first go around. And then, you know, a few quarters later, maybe GameStop, the squeeze has happened. GameStop's getting shorted again. And they might issue another cryptocurrency uh, uh, dividend. But this time, the GME currency is now listed on an exchange somewhere. So the uh, shorts may have to go to a crypto market and buy a whole bunch of these coins but who holds most of the coins will be GameStop themselves. And GameStop would have a way of essentially selling and making millions or billions of dollars off of selling their stock of cryptocurrency to the hedge funds. So those hedge funds can then award the cryptocurrency to all the stockholders. Uh, yeah, I think a, a crypto dividend is absolutely diabolical and evil genius and brilliant. And I support it 100%. I think it's a fantastic thing to do. You can also do a cryptocurrency and a dollar dividend and GME will still have like $800 million in the bank. So why not? Uh, we saw that um, they had minted uh, a coin on the Ethereum network. What, Sunday night? Was that when, when it happened? So, you know, I think it's coming. We'll probably get the announcement uh, during uh, the, the shareholders meeting would be my guess. And, you know, if AMC wants to jump on that bandwagon, Adam Aaron wants to do the same thing, dude, it would absolutely just turn the world on its end and, and Citadel would have nothing they can do about it. Neither would any of the other shorts. Okay. Uh, where was that question? It got, uh, so many of you have commented so far. Oh my goodness. 
uh, crypto dividend uh sure to so loud <laughs> walked away and started a punk band yeah this is what you get this is what i this is this is this is my if i can show you that is one of four closets of shirts i have about i'm closing on probably 800 of them so i can wear a different shirt every day for years so each time you see me on camera getting interviewed or doing a show i will wear a different shirt until i run out I, that's a promise i make you Someone on Reddit uh, said they're going to send me a whole bunch of shirts. So, I'll, you know, I got to wear those too. Uh, we'll cycle through them all. Um, someone's saying, thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Uh, crypto dividend, dividend just covered that. Four eighty three. I don't know. Uh, if you guys talk about volume, uh, 985 B in two days. Is that? We're talking about cash. Um, Andrew Patton, are you? Uh, man, are you talking? Are you talking about? Oh, the repo, repo market, forty-five. Oh no, so it's so it's is, is the repo market forty-five today? Is that how much they've dumped in? If so, that's crazy. Oh, another thing that's, that's crazy about the repo market is Citadel has been banned from participating. They got, they got a notice saying you are not allowed to participate in the repo market. Uh, you're not allowed to sell any treasuries. I think that's because Citadel has produced something like $250 billion in naked treasury bonds. They basically create a bunch of treasury bonds out of nothing. And they may have packaged and tried to sell those to the Federal Reserve. <laughs> and the Federal Reserve basically got an like, empty box. And they're like, what the hell? So I think they were, they've been banned entirely from participating in repo market, which means they can't get cash uh, uh, for any of their bonds that they have, which is, if you can't get cash, they, you're in trouble And if, if you're a fund like that. All right. Uh, what point do you, the synthetics and FTDs begin to matter? I think the synthetics and FTDs will really start to matter. This is from James P., uh, so he says, at, at what point do the synthetics and FTDs really begin to matter? Because uh, at the current time, everyone's saying AMC, GMC shorted, uh, not to mention the FTDs and all synthetics. Yeah, the the FTD cycle, we saw that kind of kick off today, the 21-day FTD cycle, where the those who are short and aren't money makers, or mar sorry, market makers, um, they don't get any reprieve at 21 days. They, they have essentially 24 hours to buy up all the stock they owe or else their, bro their brokerage is forced to liquidate them until they can meet their obligation. So what happens is uh, if on a Friday, a whole bunch of contracts go in the money that, that these option sellers weren't expecting to go in the money, um, they may have sold a whole bunch of these contracts naked a long time ago, not thinking ever that say GameStop will be at $200 in May or whatever. And, or the price is climbing during the week. And so they have to go out on the market the week ahead of time and find a whole bunch of shares. The price goes even higher and higher and higher. And more and more of these contracts go in the money by Friday. Well, they've got two days after those contracts are exercised to go in and find what they can. So mon Monday and Tuesday, or in this case, it's a holiday, it'd be Tuesday and Wednesday. They've got to find as many shares as they can. So there could be a gamma squeeze from that. Uh, but if they can't deliver, the broke their brokerage has to go around and find shares and pluck them from accounts and put synthetics in and give them to the brokerage that that where the customer had purchased uh, all these these contracts. Then they have 21 days 
to sort their shit out and and find these shares. And a lot of them, they put it off and they put it off and they put it off, hoping that the market will drop, the market will drop, and they'll be able to find those shares cheaply. And when they get to that 21-day point, uh, eh, they're screwed. <laughs> and that's, you know, we're seeing the cycle every month, you know, the 21st, 24th of every month, the, the, the share prices spike. And we saw quite the spike today, especially in AMC. And that might be that some of these option houses got liquidated as far as AMC is concerned and had to sell or had to buy a whole bunch on the market. The volume was nuts. It was like 600 million today on AMC. So that's that's bonkers. That's that's a lot of shares. A lot of day traders are probably having a field day. Um, and then a lot of these options guys, they had to find the stock. And tomorrow, if tomorrow closes at 30 bucks, holy smokes, that's uh, what? hundreds of thousands of contracts go in the money, 200,000 contracts go in the money, another 20 million shares they don't have, they've got to find. Um, yeah, so the FTD cycle means a lot, but with the rule changes that are coming, if you have FTDs right now, you can kind of mask these synthetics and these positions via uh, your puts and calls. So you can buy a whole bunch of puts and calls that are way deep. You know, they get exercised two, three years down the road. And you can tell your, your lenders like, oh, I got this covered. See, so I've got all these puts and calls that, and so essentially, I essentially own all these shares. And the last big rule, which I think is rule five. Uh, I can never remember the, get the numbers in my head organized. But I think it's rule five goes into effect on June 13th. And that's the rule that says you can't mask your position with unexercised puts and calls. So for the short hedge funds to truly uh, uh, cover their positions, they have to exercise these options. And so we might see just a gob of options being exercised after the 13th so that these dudes don't get margin called. And if that's the case, then there's going to be gamma squeezes all over the place as all these options houses that never expected these options to be exercised so early have to go and find the shares to cover those contracts. Uh, I think after I think the 13th and the weeks following that are going to be a, a wild show. Uh, the all the rules that that the DTCC and its and their subsidiaries have have been like putting in place to kind of build a wall around the good players in the market and to finally make these bad actors pay up, I think all will coalesce in the weeks following that. Uh, the one thing I haven't seen yet, though, is um, forcing money uh, market makers to cover their naked um, shorts. They, 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 you know, go blow past T21, they blow past T35, and they just get, the shares just remain out there forever. I think if a crypto dividend is issued, that's one way to force the market ma market makers to actually cover uh, all the naked shorts that they've, that they've generated over the years and might make these market makers think twice about how many of these naked shorts they generate. A lot of the hedge funds in the, in the last two years have gotten market maker status. Citadel got market maker status. And you know that's usually that's supposed to be reserved for these big financial institutions that pass through a lot of retail trades and and act kind of like uh, 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 middlemen between brokerages. These hedge funds shouldn't 
be considered market makers simply because they are tools for really rich people to get even richer and not necessarily like an institution on the market, they're a hedge fund. Uh, so yeah. All right. Uh, the, the comments are going bonkers. I'm still trying to scroll down and get all of your stuff. Um, reverse repo cap, 80 billion per party. Yeah. The, the, I think, I think it's, so this is a quab YT. Um, he says, I think the, the, the cap for repos, uh, reverse repo cap is 80 billion per party. So that'd be per bank or per institution that's participating. Uh, I'm not sure of the exact number. I think it's a 500 billion total and perhaps uh, 80 billion per participant. But I saw a, a, a note from the SEC, someone sent it to me earlier, um, showing that they're trying to make it parity across the line. So, you know, if they're doing 25 million here, Everyone has to do 25 million across the board uh, to keep the cash flowing through the banks evenly rather than just like picking, say, Bank of America and only giving them all the cash. So looks like they're trying to, to flatten it out and, ease, and, and make it even across the board. Um, all right. Ian uh, is watching from Puerto Rico. Hello. Welcome from Puerto Rico. I need to make it there someday. Um, let's see here. How do I think a crypto dividend would play out? I think it will be, I think an announcement, if they do an, if they do a crypto dividend, they're gonna announce it at the shareholders meeting. Uh, we won't get too many hints because they don't wanna be seen as doing weird insider dealings. Uh, so, you know, we will get cryptic tweets from Ryan Cohen, that's for sure. He likes to do those. And we can interpret them however we like. And they are graphic and hilarious usually. Um, what time frame do I think the treasure will be squeezed? Oh man. Uh, if they hit the cap and they can't buy any, they can't sell anymore. And that cash that they've generated starts going out to, uh, lending programs, mortgages and, and, and margin for hedge funds and building loans and all that stuff. Uh, they could run out of cash pretty quickly, especially since construction costs are absolutely nuts right now. It's if you're building anything, that's a great way to burn through money. Um, so the bank squeeze, I mean, just imagine, imagine the MOAS happens and uh, the hedge funds get liquidated. They're selling off all their assets and there's all that money's getting spent on us. They're buying, they're buying their stocks from us at a super premium. Okay. They're out of money. The next step is responsible is the bank who lent them, uh, lent them the margin. So the bank now has to burn through the cash. Okay, the bank runs out of cash. The bank now owes a whole bunch of treasuries they borrowed uh, to other funds that weren't margin called, and they don't have the cash to buy them. So, you know, uh, who margin calls a bank? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, so it might be the Federal Reserve might have to go uh, and just spin up the printers and go from there. Uh, the other thing no one's talking about is the corporate debt. The corporate debt is insane right now. Um, so the last couple of years, ever since, especially since the uh, the tax cuts in 2018, these corporations have taken the excess money they made and done stock buybacks to boost the price of their shares. And corporate debt, last year corporate debt uh, was through the roof. And then everyone had to borrow to keep their companies alive during... during uh, 
the this economic depression as a result of the pandemic. So borrowing's been going nuts just to purchase shares and keep the stock prices high. And you want to give all those bonuses to all of your board members and executives and whatnot. And then they had to borrow again uh, to keep their companies alive during this recession. And now if these hedge funds have to liquidate all their assets and you know the entire Russell, Russell 2000 has to get dumped onto the market and if they're dumped on the market, then the price is going to bottom out because they need people to buy this stuff. Well, if you've got a whole bunch of corporate debt, your stock price is plummeting as a result of getting liquidated by all of your major institutional holders. How do you how do you avoid uh, uh, making your payments, right? How do you how do you how do you pay back those bonds that you per, that you purchased to do stock buybacks if your stock isn't worth what it was when you made the stock buyback? I think we're in this weird perfect storm where we can see the quantitative easing from the reverse repo market uh, putting the squeeze on banks. We're putting the squeeze on hedge funds and all that is going to put the squeeze on the corporate debt market. And man, uh, this summer might be wild. And I, I think the meme stockholders are the only ones with a true safe bet and people that probably did credit default swaps on Citadel, they might make out make a killer off of this. Okay. Um, I have not, I have not had a chance to watch the, the bank committee, uh, meeting today. I was going to watch that tonight before I go to bed as like, you know, so that's my bedtime, uh, uh, material. So I can't answer what's going on with, with the, the house committee with the banks today. So sorry, I'm not too up to date on that. I'm trying to prepare. I'm doing a road trip starting on Saturday. So I'm trying to get everything ready. And so next time you might see me, there might be beautiful scenery behind me if I can get Wi-Fi signal. Uh, the dog, the dog is, she's so bored. She hates it when I sit in front of the computer. She just wants to be running around. So it's like her miserable time is when she's next to me. Yes, the dog is very tired and bored. Um, do I see AMC making a run before June 18th? I think AMC is making a run right now. I mean, Christ, it's up 150% since Monday, something like that. Um, please get on the Dark Horse podcast. Yeah, uh, someone messaged me a few weeks ago and like, Hey, we'd like to invite you on the dark horse podcast and, you know, email this person and say that you can do it. So I emailed them and they're like, who are you? That person does not represent us. Why are you messaging us? Get away from me. So I don't know if I'll ever get on the dark horse, dark horse podcast. Uh, that may take someone with more power than me to get on there. Um, if the banks fail and there's no bailout, what happens to people's money? Yeah, that's, that's why there has to be a bailout. Uh, the Federal Reserve exists to bail out. Their, their job is to make sure the market doesn't crash too hard and doesn't, doesn't grow too fast. Um, so people's bank accounts are insured to, what, $250,000. Uh, your investment accounts are insured to 500000 I think the best thing to do when you sell uh, your shares for your premium, when the, when the squeeze happens, is to buy more shares again of something else, anything. Uh, because as long as you have that share, um, you can't lose the cash. So if, if, if your brokerage goes tits up, um, yeah, you might lose the cash that's in your account for the brokerage, but your shares will still be yours. So I, my, my, my path forward for my exit strategy is when I sell, I'm going to buy the depressed stocks of 
the blue chips of the the big fellas the buy S&P 500 buy Russell 1000 do those things because as long as I own those shares um, those can't vanish to pay debts for you know a liquidated uh, uh, brokerage okay um, do do I think the Fed will raise the repo I think the Fed may have to um, uh, they, there might not be any any treasury bonds left, so the, the Fed may have to go talk to the Treasury Department and be like, "Hey, you need to issue more bonds right now, uh, so we don't, so we just keep this stuff flowing through." Uh, that might be what happens. AMC GME merger. <laughs> I don't think it's gonna happen. Uh, be funny if it did. Um, the first repo are the banks asking to borrow from the hedge funds that have short positions in meme stocks, or are these different from hedge funds? Yeah. So the the reverse repo market involves buying, getting treasury uh, notes from the hedge funds. The hedge funds hold in their at their long-term assets. Uh, when there's a repo market where a hedge fund may not have any of those treasury bonds to uh, hold, give as collateral to a bank, they may have to go to their stocks and other uh, uh, assets they have. And I think the term for it is toxic sludge. The banks do not like having to take these uh, volatile assets on as collateral so that a hedge fund can make a bunch of bets. They want to have those treasury bonds. So um, if a hedge fund has to lend their, their stock assets to a bank to get cash, that's usually a really bad sign for the hedge fund. So right now, Citadel can't participate in the repo market with their um, treasury bonds, they may have to only use their uh, stocks. So that's saying that all they have is a bunch of dog shit. <laughs> and they're like, please give us some cash for dog shit. And the bank's like, I'll give you cash for your dog shit, but 20% uh, interest. Um, that's, yeah, you don't, you don't want, if, you, if you're a hedge fund, you need to have a huge chunk of uh, treasury bonds, municipal bonds, things like that that are steady and pay off well um, so that you can get that quick cash you need. Uh, holding, holding, holding. Um, yeah, so someone's asking when I talked with Atlantic Capital last night uh, about separate catalysts, um, the most important thing is timing or does uh, one of these things cause the others? I think if you get a big fund to get margin called that uh, has shorted AMC or GME or one of the other meme stocks, that that will probably cascade and trigger. Um, think about how much a company, uh, a hedge fund has in assets, right? They got this chunk and they borrow 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 times that much to make all these bets, these short bets. Uh, if this this leverage gets too big, this stuff gets sold to pay off whatever whatever bad bet it was they made in there. If a hedge fund gets margin called and they sell all this stuff off and that floods the market with um, Microsoft shares, Amazon, General Motors, whatever, then all of a sudden there's a glut of the stuff in the market and the ask price plummets. So everyone else who has the, these things in their in their accounts, the value shrinks compared to 
the leveraged amount. And if they shorted uh, AMC, all of a sudden that debt gets bigger and bigger as this gets smaller and smaller, and they'll probably get margin called. Boom, and then those get sold in the market, and the price of these blue chips will drop even more. And that might cause the next one to get margin called, the next one to get margin called, the next one to get margin called. And so we, we might see a huge chain reaction, like a snowball effect, as uh, when a big enough firm gets margin called and dumps enough of their assets onto the market, uh, I, I think everyone may get affected, which is why all those new rules were getting passed by the uh, clearinghouse to protect the good actors from this. So, you know, if they all get margin called, we might see the banks run out of money real quick. Uh, Archegos, $30 billion got sucked out of the investment banks. That's a lot of cash to get sucked out of, the, of these investment banks just from one family fund. Now imagine a $400 billion fund like Citadel getting margin called. Like no one has that kind of cash on hand. They don't. And Citadel has really crappy assets. 75% of their assets are puts and calls that are due two and three years from now. Uh, so you're not going to make a pile of money off of that. So I, the banks may, may be holding the tab on that real quick. And the Federal Reserve may have to step in sooner than anyone thought to bail the banks out in that case. So yeah, I think there's a there's a potential for a huge uh, chain reaction of margin calls happening when it kicks off. Uh, my guess is we'll probably see more foreign uh, hedge funds get margin called before American ones because Americans were kind of terrible at this and we seem to really let things get to the absolute worst they can before we do something about it. Uh, so I, I would think that perhaps we'll see hedge funds in Europe or Asia get margin called before we do, uh, before we, we call margins on U.S. companies. And, you know, the U.S. companies, they're probably putting all their cash in offshore accounts so that the rich guys who run their, their these hedge funds, when they get margin called, the SEC and the brokers and the banks can't find where all their money is. Uh, they're, they're probably squirreling it away right now because they're a bunch of evil monsters. Okay. Um, where are we? Oh, goodness. You guys so many comments. You guys are so fast. Okay, where am I? Uh, the government only cares about the rich. That's uh, from Says. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but here's the thing. Um, the government cares more about rich people who can stay rich than rich people who can't. Uh, so, you know, if your choice is between a BlackRock who stands to make a trillion dollars or a Citadel who stands to lose 400 billion, you're, you, you're going to know which side of your bread is buttered. And I think that they, they will, uh, uh, go with the one that has a future. Um, also, you know, people keep pointing out if GameStop goes for a hundred thousand dollars share for a million dollars a share for whatever, and there are hundreds of millions of these synthetic shares out there. The U.S. government is going to make hundreds of billions of dollars off of all of us paying taxes on that, especially if they if this thing squeezes this summer because most of us entered less than a year ago. So we our capital gains are going to be like 37 percent of whatever we made. So the government should be like, well, you know what? We can fund a lot of programs and we can pay for a lot of infrastructure if we let this squeeze close. Uh, I hope that there's people in the government right now that are like, all right we can do some really cool projects and 
you know, if I were a construction company, I'd be like, hey, government, let, the, let them squeeze this thing so that I can make all my money off of you contracting me to build roads or trains or whatever. Um, is there a way for the hedges to wiggle out of this? This is from uh, Limit22. Uh, is there a way for the, for the hedges to wiggle out of this uh, by the time the government steps in and truncating the amount need to pay back? I do think it is plausible that the government will step in and uh, mandate some sort of uh, set price for all of our shares. And if we don't agree to that price after 20 days or whatever, then the market just does what it does. Um, I do think that that, that is a, a possible thing. The problem with it is that there is so much foreign investment into this uh, squeeze ha to happen that it will really put off a lot of foreign dollars in the U.S. market if we don't let the market do what the market's supposed to do. When you have a short squeeze, or sorry, when you when you sell a stock short, you are taking on that risk that that you can get squeezed and the price can go to infinity. That's the risk you're taking on. And that's the risk you should be assigned. And I, I believe that, that if you're taking that bet, you should pay the consequences. So I'm hoping that, that the government sees it the same way and welcomes a whole bunch of new millionaires into the economy. You know, let's, uh, my, like I said, my goal is to have uh, some pencil pusher at Citadel misspell my name on my coffee cup at, at Starbucks. <laughs> so let's get them there. Okay. Assuming a bunch of companies bought crypto, uh, and I'm betting the summer is going to be wild. Is it, correct, is, crypt, is it correct to assume crypto will crash too? Yes, I think that's 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 probably what might happen. Is you know we have these these altcoins that have all been spiking one after the other since January, and we saw with the CXC coin that went from nine cents to three thousand dollars in one trading day that all of the trading was between a bunch of firms in New York and a bunch of firms in Chicago. And they just traded this coin back and forth. And so it went higher and higher and higher and higher and higher and higher and higher out of nowhere. The same thing happened with Dogecoin. Same thing happened with Ethereum. Same thing happened with XRP. Same thing happened with Litecoin. Same thing happened with that. Every single solitary coin has had these huge spikes week after week after week uh, since January. And I think it's pump and dumps, uh, uh, not just pump and dumps from you know, these, these trading communities of crypto guys like to pump and dump, but pump and dumps from the, the hedge funds themselves to, to build up cash. And if they get margin called and they still have huge holdings in these cryptos, the first thing to go is going to be the crypto because the crypto trades 24 hours a day. You know, if, if, if they get margin called at 9 PM on a Friday, the first thing sold off is going to be all of that crypto because it can sell any, any time. So I, I think there's a chance that crypto will take another beating. Um, and I think it still has potential for more beatings because the, the scandal of the US uh, dollar coin tether Ponzi scheme still has not, I think, shaken out yet. People still haven't realized that USDT is a complete scam and they don't have your money. So if you try to trade that US dollar coin for cash, they don't have it. So 80% of all crypto trades are using US dollar tether coin. Uh, they may have to find a new coin to get cash into the crypto market if that's the case. We don't even know who owns 
that company. It's a complete shell corporation in the U.S. and the British Virgin Islands. Um, we don't know who has it and where the money went. It's just gone. So that's the nature of those shell companies. Um, June eighteenth, forty dollar calls. Uh, what would I what would I do with those? I've got a bunch of June eighteenth, fifteen dollar calls, and I am sitting pretty on those puppies right now. Like woohoo! We're we're making some money. Uh, forty dollar calls. We'll see tomorrow. There's there was all this rumors talk about this fake squeeze with AMC happening uh, and pushing it to fifty bucks by Friday, trying to shake a bunch of people loose. Um, so I mean, you're in the money if that happens, and you just have to ask yourself like, okay, will it dip between now and then and be out of the money, or should should you exercise on on Friday? I don't know. Uh, but the, but then again, I picked June 18th because that's the week after that final rule for the DTCC goes into effect about having to exercise all these options. So we might see a, another price spike happen before that Friday, and that's what I'm that's what I'm hoping for. Uh, yeah. Okay. Let's see here. We got. Uh... Do you think hedge funds, insurance companies will fight paying premium squeeze price? Uh, they won't have a choice. Um, the DTCC and the uh, DTC and the NSCC and all these subsidiaries, um, they released a memo a week ago or two weeks ago that said, if this happens, we will pay as fast as we can to get this over with. And they've got the power to literally just take money out of their members' pockets and make it happen. So if a bank is hemming and hawing about paying off the the margin of some crappy hedge fund. The DTCC will just take the money from Goldman Sachs or take the money from JP Morgan or take it from Bank of America and just buy those stocks. They, they won't care. <laughs> and they basically said, we're, we will, if, if the brokerage doesn't do it to you, we'll do it to the brokerage or we'll do it to the bank. And we will, we will close out these positions as fast as we can because the faster it's done, the sooner it's in it's in your rearview mirror. If you hem and haw over it, then you're gonna invite all sorts of problems because then you'll have people probably naked shorting uh, the squeeze <laughs> and and doing weird things like that. You don't want to give them the time to do that stuff. So uh, I I would think that that there's there's gonna be no ability for these banks and insurance companies and others to to hem and haw and try to avoid paying the premium squeeze prices. I think the DTCC just wants to get this, get this over with and get naked short selling behind them and move on with our lives. Okay. Uh, oh, no, you all just moved like a whole bunch of pages here. Someone's asking me about June 2nd and I don't know where it went. Oh, YouTube, why do you reset this? Um... Oh, sorry, the person who reached out to you about Dark Horse was me. I was reaching out to get you in contact with him, trying to get on, not as a representative of Dark Horse. Okay. <laughs> yeah, the, the lady I contacted, she was really mad at me. <laughs> How'd you get this email address? Uh, yeah, sorry. Sorry, uh, Freddie Fredberger. Uh, yeah. Um, if I sell my shares, the bank can take my money if I make a few million and they're involved in shorting. Yeah. I mean, if you, if you have more than $500,000 in cash in your brokerage account, your money is not safe. Uh, so either spread it amongst a whole bunch of brokerage accounts or turn it back into shares again. That's, that's 
what I what I plan on doing. Uh, not financial advice. I'm not a financial advisor, but you you don't want to give anyone the opportunity to hork money out of your account. We saw we saw Robinhood do all sorts of shady things when they got margin called uh, during the baby squeeze on January 28th, where they just started selling assets from under people. Well, the next step of them selling assets under people is what are they going to do with that cash? They're going to steal that cash from you. That was probably their plan. So, you know, yeah, don't, don't keep it in cash, keep it in something else and just sell when you need money for to do things. That's, that's my plan. Okay. Uh, Cole Kelly, I'm going to find your treasure. Oh, I'm a little confident. Yes, the treasure hunt is coming. Uh, I am, I'm going to film a fun commercial over the next two weeks with monkey butt here. Uh, when she's not sleeping all day, she is quite the star. We're going to, and I'm hoping to have everything ready and to announce on June 15th and present the first clues as to where the treasure may be. Uh, so yeah, stay tuned. And, um, if you happen to subscribe to the Patreon, you will get the podcast with the clues 24 hours ahead of everyone else. So uh, go to the Patreon and become a subscriber. And if I ever figure out how to get Problemo coins cheap enough to people, you'll also get 10,000 Problemo coins. Uh, but right now, Ethereum wants to charge me like $20 every time I do a transaction, and uh, that's going to bankrupt me. So we're in the we're in the IOU category. Just put let's put a, a synthetic share of 10,000 Problemos in your account. If you subscribe and we'll wait for uh, the ETH 2.0 network to finally make it. So it won't cost me $20 to buy a stick of gum with Ethereum. Uh, da, da, da. William Morgan, the American markets are the most corrupt. Yes, they are. American markets are so corrupt and that's with what regulation we have. Imagine if, if, if we were like the crypto market, like, I saw a great tweet the other day that was uh, something like libertarians on the crypto market are now discovering why we have banking regulations. If you have this thing completely unregulated, people can do whatever they want to you and they can take whatever. Like if I had a little more programming know-how, I could create my own little exchange and say, hey, buy Bitcoin with cash for me. And then I put all this fake Bitcoin into a wallet I had generated for you and then I just disappear. And that's exactly what happened in, in South Korea a couple years ago was uh, this Bitcoin exchange just stole billions of dollars from people and disappeared. They There's no regulation. There's no way to hunt them down. Yeah. Episode 5 can be where babies come from. They come from storks. Duh. Uh, like the shirt. Uh, let's see here. Oh, uh, can I link the source of Citadel being banned? Yeah, I'll try to find that for you. Um, I think I got it in a, a DM on my Twitter someone sent it to me so i will scroll through that and try to find it and i'll put it back in the description when i have a chance um yeah the daily i'm not sure about how much the daily repo limit has changed uh mike uh, harad is asking can i talk about the daily repo limit how much has changed since 2008 um i honestly don't don't know i'll have to read up on that to talk about that further uh but the the repo market right now is the way the fed gets cash to these banks without you know some drastic uh calamity befalling the entire economy there was in 2019 september 2019 there was a huge day where they dumped 50 billion dollars through the reverse repo market and uh it barely made a dent in the news but it really was telling that 
uh, there was a credit crunch of some kind that that they needed cash. These banks needed cash to be able to uh, keep liquidity going, and that's not a very good sign to have when you're when you are, you know, a couple months away from a gigantic slowdown of the entire economy due to a global pandemic. Uh, how come I don't have super chat? I don't even know what that is. I, I'm so new to this. I got to figure out what super chat is. What is super chat? Uh, Asian margin calls have already started happening. Yeah, uh, there was a huge margin call in Taiwan two weeks ago. Um, and their entire market crashed 9% as a result. It was the biggest drop they've ever had since the market had formed in 1954. So that's saying a lot. If, if a major economic powers market has never had a drop that big before. Um... Do you think uh, AMC and Jimmy moving this week margin calls could already be in play? Maybe. We we usually don't hear about margin calls until days or weeks after it happened. Um, when Archegos got margin called in February, we didn't hear about it until sometime in the middle of March when Credit Suisse and JP Morgan and, and others were like, hey, we lost $5 billion each. Sorry. And their stocks took a big hit. Um, is BlackRock friend or foe to Citadel? I think BlackRock is foe to Citadel. I think BlackRock wants their uh, their retail trade market. And I think BlackRock wants their 9 million shares that they've lent out to shorts to pay off big time. Because, you know, think about if you're an evil genius, you have a bunch of shares in a stock and people want to borrow it and short it. Well, they borrow your stock, you get this nominal rate back. And but you know that they're going to short your stock into oblivion. So when you do get it back in the end, it's not worth anything if you do get it back. So if you lend out a million shares and then the short sells a million shares, then you go out and you buy a million and you put, put them back in your account. You've got the million synthetics and now the million new shares. And then the shorts want to borrow. You're like, oh, here, take these million shares. And so they go out, they sell a million and you go and buy another million. So now you got million synthetic, million synthetic and a million shares. And you lend them again and you buy them again. And so when the squeeze happens, BlackRock will get a million shares from the squeezed hedge funds. And then they, they need more. They need to repay their loans more. So BlackRock will be like, oh, I'll sell you these million. And they sell the million for a premium. And then they get them handed right back again to delete the other million that just lent out. And then they sell them again. And then they sell them again. And they it's, it's a diabolical way to make a fortune. Uh, so I think BlackRock really wants to see Citadel just crash and burn and then they can take over their entire financial institution market and do what they want. All right. What if the hedge fund calls and puts pay out more than the MOAS? That is one of the issues that we're seeing is that, you know, the hedge funds naked shorted. They sold as naked shares. They owe. And so they went to the Chicago, to Philadelphia, to Boston, to these option houses, and they uh, purchased a whole bunch of puts and calls. All right. So the option houses don't have the stocks. I mean, there's there's so many puts and calls out there, and there's only 73 million shares in existence of, of GameStop, but there's hundreds of millions of shares worth of puts and calls that have been sold. So if they exercise they get their shares, supposedly. The option houses, 
it's now now, it's now the buck just got passed on the option houses. The option houses have to go find the shares. And where do they find them? Well, they got to buy them from us. They got to buy the synthetics from the people that just exercise all these uh, options. It's, it's, it, I would never want to be the forensic accountant who has to sort all this stuff out. Uh, what was that Ben Affleck movie where he played the autistic a forensic accountant? It's going to take that dude to do it all to figure out who owes who what. Um, uh oh. There's thunderstorms going on. And I just my my uh, battery backup just did a blinky blink. So if I disappear all of a sudden, it's because my internet vanished. I'm sorry. And I guess that'll be the end of the show when that happens. Um, is there enough money to pay for all this? At the moment, no. Uh, this is from Ricky Ray. They they may have to print, and that might be where the money comes from. So. There, there might not be enough money. I mean, think about just 70 million shares of GME going for $100,000 each is what? $70 trillion? $70 billion, right? So that's that's a lot of money <laughs> that, that no one no one has. So, uh, or 70, uh, do the math. One, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah, $70 trillion. Um, that no one has that cash that that doesn't exist so they're going to have to print and scrape and figure out and you know not everyone is going to sell at the peak there's going to be people the paper hands you know half of them day traders who never thought the squeeze would happen they'll sell real low like they've been doing right now uh, so not everyone's going to sell at the absolute peak but my belief is that there's hundreds of millions of shares that have to be purchased for just GameStop alone and probably billions for AMC uh, so that's, I, I don't see there being enough cash in existence to, to handle all of us. So they're going to have to sprint up the printers. That's the only way. Okay. Um, have you read the new House of Cards 2 and 3? Uh, I don't know if I've read 3 yet. Um, I'll, have to, I'll have to go look, go to Reddit and take a look-see and see what he's writing. Because he's, he's uh, Adobit is... Uh, He's the guy that basically showed everything short, that, that Citadel shorted everything in existence. And it's a pretty remarkable piece of uh, uh, research that he's produced. Um, yeah. The everything short would be brilliant if you weren't over leveraged yourself. Uh, if you could manage to short everything in the market, when the market crashes, you're going to make a ton of money. Um, but if you are so over leveraged yourself that when one little thing over here crashes and it causes you to get lever get sold out then you didn't you didn't win the everything squeeze um most government 401ks are held in blackrock uh funds blackrock goes down a lot federal employees senators yeah they're gonna lose big so you want you want blackrock to win big off of the meme stocks so that that stuff evens out um scrolling 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 uh blackrock also bought buco shares in amc good um i almost expect another crypto crash before the run uh before the squeeze um another crypto run and then crash before the squeeze i think you're right i think we're seeing it kind of uh pop up a little dead cat balance happening but remember these hedge funds when they get liquidated they have no choice over where their assets 
go, how they get sold. That's it. They're, they, Jesus take the wheel. They aren't steering it anymore. Okay. Uh, Houston, Jimmy market cap is 17 billion. Uh, why is the share not 800 to a thousand dollars? That is because of how many naked shares exist. Um, uh, months ago, I wrote a piece of DD for, uh, I don't remember super stonk or GME, one of those Reddit things where I talked about there's the perceived market cap and the actual market cap that's way up here. So if you have 70 million shares and they're trading at $250 each and your market cap is 17 billion ish. Cool. But if there's 500 million, 800 million, a billion shares, synthetics and nakeds out there that are trading at that $250 price, then you have to start to think about the market cap being not the, the physical shares that exist, but incorporating all of those naked shares that have been purchased. And I basically said that the true value of each physical share at the time pre-squeeze is probably between $1,200 and $2,000 a share, uh, simply because that that would be the price if you got rid of all the if you got rid of all the synthetics. That's that's the natural uh, price of the float for if there are no synthetic shares out there for GameStop. It would be $1,200 to $2,000 a share. So yes, Naeem, that you are right. You are exactly right. Uh, after the squeeze, would it be good to invest in crypto? I think so. I think after the squeeze, uh, the crypto prices will get dropped because those assets will get sold. You might as well pick them up. And, uh, if you pick them up in the right account, you can also, it's a great way to move money out. Cause if you have certain brokerage accounts, they limit how much money you can move out in a day or a week or a month. And if you make a pile of money, eh, you might be able to buy some crypto and throw the crypto over there. And it's a great way to move money out of your account. Um, let's see here. <laughs> Safe in our pyramid scheme if you believe hard enough. Yeah, that's how it works. Uh, is AMC? Oh no, just ah, oh, why do you keep resetting, you jerky? I was just reading the first sentence of a question and then it disappeared on me because it reset all the way back down to the bottom. I'm sorry, person whose question I was about to read. I can't find you again. Oh, there. Oh, I found the, the, okay. Alan, I finally found your, your question again. I can read it. Uh, what's my opinion on the AMC June 2nd share recount? Uh, last count 3.2 million shareholders. Do you think a new count will reveal something or they even talk about uh, naked shares and find? I honestly don't know. Uh, I would hope that they talk about the recount and they say, Hey, We've got this many shareholders who all have on average, excuse me, I am, I'm a burpee man. Uh, you all have on average this many shares and they all think they own say 2 billion shares. Then they know something's up. If they're getting uh, uh, voter packets for millions of more votes than shares exist, then I think it's a good idea at the, the, for at the shareholders meeting to announce like, Hey, uh, this many more million shares exist than should, that's sketchy because that can cause perhaps margin calls uh, for for these hedge funds. Okay. Um, can we expect to know how many synthetic shares are on the market after the share recount? I don't know. Uh, the SEC has never really done much about it in the past. Uh, there was that story of the guy who complained to the SEC and the brokerages and the DTCC about 
how his company is being naked shorted out of existence. And so to prove it, he bought the entire float of another company and then took all the stock certificates and stuck them in, a, in his dresser drawer. And then the next two days, 60 million shares traded. And he's like, I own the float. How can 60 million shares trade if shenanigans aren't going on? Uh, the SEC didn't care then, but I think they're starting to care now. Um, in 2008, the big investment banks started to get shorted and naked shorted. And uh, Bear Stearns in, was it February of 08 when they, when they crashed? The week before they crashed, their stock is flying high at $65 a share or something. Then all of a sudden, all these naked shorts started flooding the market. And someone bought a whole bunch of credit default swaps against them. And within a week, they didn't exist anymore. Their stock went to zero and poof, gone. And one of the five largest investment banks in the entire world just dematerialized in a week. And they started doing the same thing to Lehman Brothers. And once Lehman Brothers got vanished, they started to do it to Goldman Sachs. And someone at Goldman Sachs managed to get the federal government to make it against the law to naked short um financial institutions. So you can't make it short any financial institution anywhere in the United States. It's the only company you companies, uh, uh, subject of companies that you can't make it short because they saw that these hedge funds were starting to eat their own. <laughs> I mean, imagine you are a hedge fund that is over leveraged to the tune of $50 billion. And if you could naked short the bank that owns your loan, out of oblivion, you just made $70 billion because who do you owe that back to? No one. Done. Yeah, they're gone. So they made a law against naked shorting all these financial institutions, but they can naked short everyone else to oblivion. They don't care about you. Uh, so I think these new rules are going to make it hard to do that in the future because they're realizing that it can still take everything down. Um, yeah. Okay. Let's find some more questions. Uh, someone else asking if the weasel has a squeeze. No, no weaseling. We're not going to let it happen. Okay. News is talking about AMC buy and hold. Yeah, some positive stuff is coming about AMC all of a sudden in the news, which is, uh, which makes me suspect, <laughs> right? Like, what if they've been ignoring it for so long? Why all of a sudden the good news? Because these financial reporting companies only seem to report on what they're paid to report. Uh, it's a very sketchy, illegal system that they seem to work on. Is the White House Chief Economic Advisor connected to BlackRock? Uh, I'll have to look that up. It's so incestuous. The people who regulate the markets all come from Goldman Sachs and JP Morgan and huge financial institutions like BlackRock. So I think it's possible. I'll have to look that up to, to verify. If AMC hits a hundred thousand dollars per share, where's the barbecue? Um, I'll host one. Heck, I've got. I'll get a bounce house even and a water slide. Um, yeah, come on by. Uh, and Dan writes Bainbridge. That's exactly where I am. Bainbridge on Washington. Come visit. Just wear a mask. <laughs> uh, da, 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 da. Do you think hedgies are going to short GME or AMC again after the squeeze? I think that if there's, if you're smart, you're a hedge fund who didn't short until now. And when the squeeze happens, then you short. 
So if, if you're sitting on uh, uh, GME shares that you borrowed, I would hold those suckers, hold on tight to them, uh, and then sell like crazy when this thing squeezes. Uh, because right now the in the interest rate on GME is freakishly low for some for as hard as it is to borrow, the interest rate has not gone up with it. Whereas the interest rate for AMC has gone bonkers. The short borrow fee also has has spiked really high. So you can't afford to borrow AMC, but if you can borrow GME, I would hold on to that sucker until until a squeeze happens and then short the hell out of it. Because on the other side, it'll pick it up for pennies, or probably tens of dollars. But yeah, you'll be able to sell it real good. Um, is this live? Not seeing any of the comments, questions I'm answering. Uh, I think, I don't know. I'm new to this whole live thing. So I'm reading, I've got this stream of, of comments showing up. I don't know if, why you can't see it. Sorry, SK. Um, is it fair to say that Citadel is a bit of a leech with its uh, mainly short portfolio upon long investing institutions like Vanguard? Yeah, Citadel is a leech. Citadel is a, a monstrous vulture who makes money off of destroying all sorts of stuff. Uh, DTC005 still MIA? Yes, that's the one that, that I think is slated to go into effect unless there's rampant uh, complaints on June 13th. So that is still, it still has not been instituted. And I think that's the one that, that might kick this whole thing off. Uh, knowing the squeeze is coming, why would they keep selling options? Because they have to. Uh, market makers, the way market makers are set up is that they have to offer these securities if there's demand for them to keep liquidity flowing through the market, which I understand the argument for it because as long as cash is flowing through hands, then then the economy is going because the economy is just moving stuff from one person to another. Uh, the problem is is that it depresses stock prices overall. Uh, I talked about this a few weeks ago. Uh, there was that brief moment where the the cheapest sell order for GameStop was $55,000 a share and the highest uh, bid price was 176 So there was this gigantic gap between and the market makers flooded a whole bunch of naked shorts into the market because people were willing to pay $176 for them. Uh, so I, I think when the squeeze has squoze, the SEC and Congress are going to have to revisit the role market makers play and how they keep liquidity passing through the market. Like they, they shouldn't be allowed to offer more options than exist. That, that shouldn't, they, they shouldn't, they shouldn't, no one should be allowed to naked short anything. In my opinion, you should not be able to naked short at all. If there are no shares available to sell, you're going to have to pay that price. The person wants, if you want to buy them. And I, I think we're going to have to move to that. That's what, North, that's what South Korea does. It's what uh, a lot of Europe does. Um, you can't naked short because naked shorting is manipulating the market uh, at the cost of the investor. And the investor should uh, uh, have more benefits than the uh, uh, evil fund that wants to naked short out of existence. Uh, Education-y writes, hey, you're the guy from the thing. I know you. <laughs> All right. Hello. <laughs> um, how'd you figure out there are 800 billion synthetics? I don't know. 800 billion, uh, 800, 800 million to, to a billion. I think, uh, naked shorts for GME is pretty likely. Uh, there was some pretty good DD done by, uh, Swiss investors because the Swiss brokerages 
no, sorry, sw Swedish, Swedish investors, because the Swedish brokerages, um, they have to list how many of their users own a certain certain stocks. And uh, I can't remember the exact numbers, but let's say that there's 40,000 uh, Swedes who own GameStop and they own X number of shares. And then it gets announced that uh, they represent, you know, 0.25% of the total market of owners. Well, then you can extrapolate, okay, if they represent 0.25% of owners of these shares and that, and they own 40,000 of them, you can extrapolate that out to, oh, it must mean there's hundreds of millions of synthetic shares out there. And that's, that was the first uh, key. The second key is seeing, you know, 10 times the float trade in three days. That shouldn't happen. <laughs> I mean, I don't care what, what type of trading computer you have bouncing that stuff back and forth. Um, you, you can't get that many shares existing without a whole bunch of naked shorts and synthetics being generated at the same time. Okay. Yeah, the movie was called The Accountant, the one with, that's easy enough, The Accountant. It's about an accountant with uh, Ben What's-His-Butt. Okay. Um, is There is no realistic price target. Yeah, there's no, I mean, sell for what you think you can get for it and what you want for it. I, I want to be able to retire and badass around the country in a four-wheel drive truck 24 hours a day, seven days a week, all year long with my dog. So I will set a price that allows me to do that for the rest of my life. Um, what are my thoughts on the recent U uh, UFO uh, media coverage? This is from uh, 3% Project. Um, yeah, I've seen weird UFOs. I, uh, I do a question with my online students uh, for astronomy uh, every quarter, and I ask them about their UFO experiences. Um, I've seen two. Uh, one was when I was a kid I was walking back from my friend's house in a summer evening and a light shot across the sky and then it bounced back and zigzagged and then fired away and disappeared. And I was probably nine years old and I was like, what? Can't explain it. It did physics. I didn't understand. I could not explain it is identified flying object. The second one was, uh, 2003. I was... Um, at uh, Gooseneck Canyon in Utah, and I was had my feet dangling over the edge of the canyon, eating breakfast, and this jet that didn't make a sound came down the canyon and flew past me at super slow speeds, and I locked eyes with the pilot, and he waved, and I dropped my spoon down the canyon wall, and then he just flew away without a sound, and I. To this day, I've never seen a plane like it. I uh, I don't know how to describe it. It was flying at a speed that was so slow and so quiet. And it, that canyon is just zigzags. It is so windy. I don't know how a normal jet would fly through there at, at such a slow speed without crashing. Um, yeah, those are my two UFO experiences. The second one definitely was a human being in that experimental craft. Uh, but the, the other one, I died. You know, it's just a light in the sky. Uh, the, when I worked up on Mauna Kea in Hawaii... Uh, there were lots of, of weird things that would get captured in the, in the images they're taking of the sky. Um, and those, you know, they'd show them to each other and usually some government suit would come along and be like, well, that's not a UFO, it's just swamp gas. Uh, but the, the, the video that the Navy shot from all those UFOs, they're, they're wild, man. 
the the things that they're doing i just wish that the navy had better cameras they're filming with potatoes <laughs> and uh i don't know there's some weird things out there so who it is i can't say what they are i can't say but i have seen them and i'm sure lots of you have seen ufos as well you just if you if you look up it long enough you'll see something weird up there okay um da, 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 da. Where do we have another question? Okay, people are arguing, uh, saying, yeah. Is this the squeeze? I don't know. Uh, I think it's the 21 day uh, cycle doing its burn. Um, whether it maintains through Friday, if, if AMC is above 30 bucks by the end of trading day tomorrow, I think Tuesday is going to be bonkers uh, because there are so many uh, options houses that weren't expecting to have to find shares to, to, to fill those orders. So I think to, I think there'll be quite a gamma squeeze on Tuesday for AMC for sure. If we close above 30 tomorrow, uh, if all the buying pressure is gone and the, the 21 day cycle is burned out and everyone has got all the shares they need, then we might not see much. It might see it trade maybe sideways a little tomorrow or down a little bit. Uh, but it all depends on how much they still owe. And there could be a bunch of options guys that don't have the shares they need to fulfill orders at $18. So they might still be out there buying and we might see it go up some more. So uh, we might be, we might be in some gamma right now for that. And if the gamma continues Tuesday and Wednesday next week, you know, then the following Friday, it's going to be even more nuts. Uh, it's a short trading week next week, so they don't have too many days to be able to get that other system. Okay. Uh, doo -doo -doo -doo. How much will a loaf of bread be from the inflation from the squeeze? Oh, man. Trying to figure out how this everything's going to inflate is, I honestly don't know. Uh, my For my birthday, my dad made a picnic table for me. He was going to go buy one, and it was $2,000 for a picnic table. And he was like, oh, no, I'm not, I'm not paying that. So he went and bought lumber and built his own. And he was going to build out of cedar because cedar weighs half as much as fir. But for an eight-foot board of two-by-four cedar was $81, $81 for a two by four. So I built out a fur and the thing weighs as much as a car. Uh, it's a beautiful table. I will I will use it for our barbecue when it hits $100,000 a share. Uh, I will put all the fixings for the burgers on that table and you will enjoy it. It's just wherever it gets moved to, that's probably where it will live for the rest of its life. Um, yeah, the, the, the prices on certain things are absolutely bonkers. And we're seeing not just uh, uh, natural inflation, but we're seeing uh, shortages. Uh, the rental car market, like last year, you could rent a car for you rent a Ferrari for a month for like 200 bucks. It was crazy because no one was renting cars. Uh, so the rental car companies sold off their fleets because they were going to go bankrupt. So they had to sell all these cars to be able to get cash in. So they sold off their fleets and then they didn't order any new cars. And now people are starting to vacation and there's no rental cars out there for them. People have to rent U-Hauls. <laughs> you fly into Hawaii and you're renting a U-Haul to drive around the island for a week because there are no rental cars available. Uh, so 
you know, the price on that stuff is skyrocketing. Uh, uh, consumer goods are still really weird because there's still shipping containers that are in the wrong ports all over the world. So a lot of things haven't quite uh, made it to, to their destination, even since everything shut down last spring. Uh, so it might, it might take a while for these markets to start spooling up and getting all the, the goods, services, and products they need uh, so that the prices can even out. So we might, we might see you know, perceived inflation as a result of the supply and demand. Uh, and then you know, if we give a bunch of money to people like us because of the squeeze, we're going to go out and buy Ferraris and Lamborghinis and stuff. So you know, the price on those will probably go up tenfold as well. I'm just going to continue to buy ship boxes and fill my driveway up with those broken down pieces of crap. All right. I have a $10 call for AMC set to expire 618. Should I sell it before the weekend? Oh, man. I was asking myself the same thing for my $15 calls. Uh, they hit, uh, you know, each one I bought at 60 bucks, And right now they're sitting at, well, at one point they're at like $1,500 for a call. And it's really tempting to sell that sucker. But I didn't. I didn't sell it. Uh, I still think there's a little ways to go tomorrow and it might drop, but oh man, I think the eight, the week, that week of the 18th is going to be so bonkers. I might, maybe I'll sell one and hold on to the others. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what to do. Uh, so sorry, Peggy. I'm not sure. Do follow your heart and whatever. It could be like that problem where, you know, you, there's a whole bunch of grocery lines for the checkout and you get in one and it's the slow one. You got to pick the wrong one. Uh, it's like a 90% chance you're going to pick the wrong one all the time. So I, I don't know. Do what your heart tells you. And either way, I think, I think that $10 call will be good on the 18th, no matter what. Okay. Um, oh, all oh, the whole thing just reset again. Um, if the MOAS happens, won't the economy and the entire financial system be decimated? Is there a chance uh, attendees will be worth pennies? Uh, is the world going to end? <laughs> uh, well, Max St. John, um, I do think when the margin calls happen and the squeeze happens, uh, it will depress all the other investments out there because all that stuff's going to get dumped onto the market to make cash to buy, to pay us. Uh, so like any anytime there's a, there's a, a depression or a crisis uh, in the market, you buy at the bottom scoop all that stuff up because people are still going to need cars. They still need to go to hotels. They're still going to need to use the internet. They're still going to need to do all these things. So, you know, yeah, the prices might bottom out on these blue chips, but they're going to go right back up again. Um, you know, when the economic crisis hit, uh, the Dow went from what? 15,000 down to 6,000. Now it's at 30. So you just give it time and well, it, it trends up over time over forever. So, that's why, you know, those vanguards always outperform everyone. Um, oh, uh, someone's saying uh, rule three passed today. Jay Rutherford. Awesome. Excellent. Another one down. Um, uh, do you think we'll see the fake squeeze on AMC? That was the rumors uh, on Tuesday was that the fake squeeze was going to trigger. Whether this is it, I don't know. I think we're seeing a gamma, not a fake squeeze, uh, personally. Okay.
If I was a broker, this is from Jay Rutherford. If I was a broker, I would uh, buy and lend out the shares and make money while retail drives up the price and then recall them back and destroy the shorts. Yes, that's exactly what I would do if I had the uh, finances to be a complete, complete monster. <laughs> yeah, I, I would not doubt that in a minute. I mean, why not? Why not? Uh, uh, trigger like once the rules get passed, why not? If you're if, if you're a big whale trigger a huge buy order you already have a bunch of shares trigger a big buy order and just squeeze it that way yeah okay is foot buying a football team after the squeeze a good investment yes <laughs> i'm going to buy the mariners you buy a football team we'll be good okay um okay well i think i'm down to the bottom here of the uh the the questions once the squeeze starts, can explain the process. Uh, like, will they try to cover up synthetic shares first? They won't know uh, what they're buying. Last hot sauce. Uh, so when when the trading computers are on, their entire job is to buy whatever the limit orders are out there. So if the lowest limit order for say GameStop is three hundred dollars, they will buy everything at three hundred dollars. And if there's nothing lower or at that level, they will go to the next level at 301 and buy all those. And once they purchase all those, they go to 302. They'll go to 303 and they'll work their way up. And as it goes up higher and higher, people will set higher and higher limit orders. And those trading computers will just purchase, 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 purchase. But nothing gets cleared until the end of the day. So at the end of the day, the clearinghouse and the brokerages, they go, okay, I've got all these shares. Uh, this money's owed here. These shares are owed there. And they look at them. They go, okay, this is a legit share. This can pay off this loan. This is a fake share. Uh, we'll erase that. This is a legit share. It goes over there. It's the fake share. Erase that. And at the end of the day, they'll say, okay, we've eliminated 50 million synthetics. We still need to get another 500 million. So the next day it starts all over again. They buy whatever the lowest uh, 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 price, market price is, whatever the lowest limit orders, and they'll just work their way up. And their goal is to just get through this as fast and as soon as they can so that eventually at the end of one of those trading days, they go, okay, it's over. Everyone, all the balance, the books are balanced. We're good. Moving on, and that's that's kind of how this this should play out. The problem is, is that it won't just be GameStop. It won't just be AMC. It will be a hundred or more of these meme stocks that they shorted into oblivion that will all squeeze. Every last one of them will squeeze when these guys get margin called because they're short on all of them. Uh, so if you've got cash on hand uh what i would love is a computer program so i could look at the graph of all the stocks as they trade throughout the day because all these meme stocks seem to really have similar graphs and if i could get them overlaid on top of each other and identify them that would be marvelous and i'm sure there's somebody at some big firm doing exactly that with their uh, bloomberg terminal and they're probably buying every single one of those things where the where the the graphs look really similar uh, because they all know that they're going to squeeze and the prices are going to pop off. I mean, Koss is a no-name company, and during the baby squeeze, their share price shot to $127 a share uh, on January 28th before trading stopped with them. So, you know, these no-name companies that have been shorted, there might be a whole bunch of companies on the OTC that go nuts because all of their shares get recalled and all of their, uh, whoever shorted them, uh, uh, could get squeezed and and you know the joke is that 
some retired couple that have a million shares of some useless company uh, in Kentucky might might wake up one morning and see that they're millionaires because, you know, someone decided to short a lawnmower company. Uh, that's I, I think we're going to see all sorts of weird companies we didn't realize were shorted to oblivion all of a sudden just spike out of nowhere. Okay. <clears throat> Um, why don't hedgies buy all the shares from the brokers? Uh, if you can buy more shares from the broker, now you can't then. Why are they, what are they waiting for to sell? Um, I, the, the hedgies don't have any cash. That's why they can't buy anything. Is that they're hoping something happens and all this stuff crashes. And they're basically just... They're just trying to like delay the inevitable at this point. Or they're trying to, to squirrel away as much cash as they can offshore. So when they're emergent margin called, they aren't... You know, the heads of these funds aren't bankrupted as, along with it. They can go back to the Caymans and swim in their money there. Um, do we need to keep buying on the way up to make the squeeze price go higher? I mean, demand causes prices to go up. So if you got the cash and you want to squeeze it, buy. <laughs> okay. Can I go into gamma? I'm not familiar with that. Uh, yes, a gamma squeeze. A gamma squeeze is kind of a newfangled tactic. Uh, I mean, they happen, but it's but using it as a tactic against short hedge funds is new. Um, a gamma squeeze happens when two ways. If there's a whole bunch of contracts sold naked uh, for a stock, and they're sold months or years out, and they're sold at a price that seems implausible, meaning like a year ago, when GameStop selling at two dollars and fifty cents a share, and you 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 sell a contract out there for three hundred dollars a share, you just want you you might sell ten thousand contracts at three hundred dollars a share for a dollar each, right? You just made yourself ten thousand dollars. Ha ha! Jokes on them. It'll never get three hundred dollars. That share will never execute. And then all of a sudden, you get to uh, March. And the, the share price is $348 and you go, oh no, right? You are going to have to make good on that if that Friday that's that, that uh, uh, contract you sold expires, you are going to have to provide 100 shares for each contract and you don't have them. So uh, you have to go out and either buy those shares ahead of time, causing the price to go up because you're going to the market trying to gobble up as many shares as you can to make good on that so you don't get uh, margin called by the brokerage. Or after this, the, the shares uh, go in the money, the contracts go in the money that Friday, you've got Monday and Tuesday to find as many of those shares as you can so you don't get margin called. Um, and that's where the gamma squeeze comes in. It comes in from naked short selling from these market makers uh, naked short selling contracts to shares they don't own. And uh, if the stock spikes and all of a sudden all those contracts go in the money, they desperately tried to gather as many shares as they can so they don't get margin called themselves. And that's where that, that gamma squeeze, that's what the gamma squeeze is. <clears throat> Hope that answered that for you. Okay. <coughs> we'll go a few more minutes here. My voice is starting to fade because I am allergic to everything and uh, it's getting real scratchy here. Um, let's see here. Uh, Houston, I have experience in the auto industry. When you try to claim insurance through your car insurance, they usually uh, give you haircuts. Do you think DC, DTCC will do the same? No, 
because the DTCC will have to buy at whatever price people are offering. They won't be able they won't be able to uh, haggle. They need to get this stuff cleared. They have to get it done as fast as they can. So the insurance works a little different than it does uh, because the the power is in getting this thing over with. So I don't think the DTCC will be able to to nitpick on that. Okay. <clears throat> Can anybody tell if they've covered all the stuff? Uh, oh, convo talk, me getting sued. Yeah. So the pick, all right, this is about my stalker, uh, this question. So this is convo trek conversation on the road. Can anybody tell me if you covered all the stuff about him getting sued for lying and all that stuff about him being said on the pick battles Twitter page? All right, so I'm gonna give you the lowdown. 2018, I wrote a series of five articles on men in my community who raped and abused women and children and had gotten away with it. Uh, of the five men, one vanished. He picked up everything and moved and just disappeared and never moved back to the community. Two of them went to federal prison for uh, raping little kids. And then another two decided to sue me for defamation. Um, I was like, bring it on. And they sued me for defamation, and uh, one got dismissed because he realized he he was probably going to get disbarred. He was a lawyer. He's probably going to get disbarred. Uh, and then another guy sued me, and in a year has not filed any paperwork in the case because they know that there's like 60, 70 witnesses that will testify to him being a horrible human being. And the case is automatically dismissed as a result uh, because in Washington State, if you don't file any paperwork, case gets dismissed. So, yes... Uh, I got sued by some assholes who rape and abuse women, and uh, my stalker uh, seems to like men who rape and abuse women, and so he uh, jumped on board and tried to help them in these court cases, and he follows me around the internet, and he will message and or comment under every single solitary thing anyone's ever written about me or anything where my name is mentioned. So if you want to be on the side of men who rape and abuse women and children, uh, by all means, jump on the Rick Reinerson bandwagon and you can stalk me as well and be weird and sweet a hundred times an hour about me. So yes, I'll cover that. That's, you know, I will, I will, I will take on anyone who hurts women and children. Uh, don't do that. All right. Hope that answers that question. Um, let's see here. Uh, <clears throat> So this is why everyone is saying hold to $100,000 to $500,000 when computer starts buying. Yeah. Uh, my my exit strategy is when I get to a price where I think if I could sell my shares at while I'll retire, I will sell one share. And then I'll set the next share for 50% 50, 50 higher than that and sell that one. I'll set the next share 50% higher than that and sell that one. I'll set the next share 50% higher than that and sell that one and so on. And move it all the way up the, the chart until I feel like it's starting to go down. And then I might just dump it all at that price, uh, what I've got left. And that that way, I will get my retirement funds. Um, other people want to sell when they see the peak happen and sell on the way down so they know they got somewhere near the peak. Um, I'm greedy, but I don't know if I'm smart enough to know when that peak will happen. So I want to sell up and then maybe down so I get all of it. Okay. <clears throat> Uh, BT Ronin with the 9 million shares in call options at 250 uh, that are expiring tomorrow. Could that ramp up the price? Heck yes. There could be a little gamma happening as uh, the option houses have to buy shares to cover those 250 calls and below. And um, yeah, and then 
Tuesday after the holiday, you may see them buying more. All right. Uh, you think Fidelity will fare with the massive influx of accounts during MOAS? I think Fidelity will make a killing off of all of us. Um, I switched to Fidelity. I also have a Schwab account. Um, I trade in both of those. Uh, yeah, someone else. Yeah, August. Yeah, they talked about OC uh, Rule 3 uh, passing. Awesome. Okay. Um, do, 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 do. What other questions we got here? Uh, how many how many retail investors from around the world are invested in AMC? Um, if U.S. and Canada are 3.2 million, I don't know. Uh, we'll have to go. We'll have to find that Swedish guy who gives us the reports on how many Swedes are invested in which which stocks. Uh, that's the best way to kind of extrapolate the information. Um, so, if we know it's 3.2 million U.S. and we know there's say 40,000 in Sweden, they represent whatever percentage. We might be able to extrapolate and figure out how many shareholders shareholders there are around the world. Otherwise. Um, Oh, I bet ConvoTrek Conversation is my stalker under a different name. So what we're going to do is we are going to, uh, uh, why do I report that guy? Um, I want content. Bye-bye. Okay. Um, Convo Tracker is my stalker. So if you see Convo Tracker, Convo Trek Conversation on the road, um, that's Rick Reinerson being complete fucking tool uh rick you're a stalker eat shit let's uh how do i i just want to get rid of this friggin all right users and timeout i'll go figure out the rest later um yeah so yeah fidelity owns its own clearinghouse they don't have to worry about others they, they can take care of themselves so us switching to fidelity is fantastic <clears throat> Um, let's see here. Got any more questions? Uh, Biden won't cancel student debt. Think he's stop trading? I don't know. Uh, Biden should cancel student debt, in my opinion. The United States of America would save so much money if we'd have to guarantee student loans anymore. It costs us more to guarantee student loans than it would to just pay for college for people. Uh, and we wouldn't have an extra one to two trillion dollars in debt, uh, stacked onto all the all the people who can't afford to pay for school you know they tell you to go to school and become something with yourself and then when you do it you can't afford to get a job afterwards because you can't afford the you know unpaid internship it takes to work in your profession um i teach i want my students not to be in debt oh why can't we just educate people and put them out in the workforce to make money and make our economy stronger that's what we got okay <clears throat> Um, all right. My voice is kind of tapping out here. Uh, uh, I'm going to try and do a show next week. I may have to record it and then like update it at a truck stop or something. I don't know if I'll be able to do a live one at all. I don't know where I'll have good internet coverage out on the road. Um, but I'm going to bid everyone to do and, uh, hope to catch you later. I may do another, another, uh, interview with someone next week on weather podcast. I'll let you know if that happens and like, and subscribe. Go to the uh, uh, Patreon page and look forward to the upcoming treasure hunt. It will be exciting.
All right. See you guys later. Bye-bye. Say bye-bye, monkey. Bye-bye. All right. <laughs> Good night, guys. <clears throat>